1: Hey, here we are. Dino Corella is a coach and a consultant and the author of The Way of the Wind. And we'll get to the book in a bit. He has 30 years of experience as a corporate director and and board member. And, And while that's outstanding and commendable, a significant change took place in his life, which I'm eager to hear more about. And in short, Dino understands how someone can be trapped by their own career path when you define or organize your whole life around something like that. And, and ultimately, he found peace and awareness. We'll get to that as well. Without further ado, he joins me now from Rome, Italy. Welcome to the program, Dino Corella.
0: Hey, Mark. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's such a pleasure.
1: Yeah, I've, uh, you know, watched your LinkedIn posts for a long time. And, you know, for a long time, I've been saying, I got to get this guy on the program. So I'm really (laughs) glad you're here. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll start right here. Um, So as I briefly mentioned in the intro, you've got all this tremendous international corporate and leadership experience. Uh, And in fact, you say in an interview somewhere else that you were even aggressive, combative, let's say a very determined person um but that something happened in your life um between the ages of 39 and 42 maybe a dark thing or something traumatic or what um but something that changed everything and that's a long period of time you're talking three years there tell us what happened what changes took place during that time period
0: yeah that's uh exactly right between 39 and 42 i went through separation um and um that, that is something that was really, really painful uh, to me and obviously to the rest of the family. So I was separated from my wife. Um, I had a kid, um, uh, eight years old. Uh, plus during the time I lost my father that was perhaps the only person that never judged me during that that time because I was being judged. and uh, And basically, I was working, as was mad, 10 hours a day, there were no weekends, hmm. uh, there, were, there were no pauses. My health wasn't wasn't good, but I would keep on grinding and going through separation, and I didn't know where to go to sleep at night uh, during a certain period of time, and uh, so I was pretty much lost, and even in the family, it wasn't that easy to be accepted hmm. uh, for, for that, apart from my father. So that's that's been quite, quite a lot uh, mm-hmm. happening and um, yeah, this is this is really the, 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 the drama part. Uh, the, the best part is that um, I thought that I could resolve mm-hmm. all of those uh, problems and that suffering mm-hmm. through the same qualities that I recognize myself to have which were determination how focused there was how intelligent and and all that stuff that got the, me to
1: the tools that you had used along the way to get you to that point you wanted to apply yeah. those same tools to get yes. out of it
0: y- yes exactly and uh, until one particular day um I, it it feels like it felt like my brain totally collapsed and there was no ability to think anymore Mm. But to see all the thinking, where it was coming from and how futile I was to try and do and resolve an existential uh, problem. Mm. So that that was a very uh, important moment in my life where I, I saw all of this and immediately I felt liberated. So I could finally allow myself to suffer. Without trying to muscle up against the pain,
1: so was it one moment in time, or was it there? I mean, I guess there was a build-up, but was there like just one distinct cathartic moment where you woke up?
0: Yes, yes. At at uh, it, it, it the the gradual process actually happened after after this moment, but until this moment, I would really keep on muscling up I would really keep uh-huh. on thinking you know that the the famous quote of uh, William Blake I believe it was you know the, the fool that persists with his folly finally <laughs> become wise
1: yeah.
0: I was there I was consistently putting all my folly to try and resolve that problem until I banged the wall so it was just one big bang if you want to call it that way and I remember where I was I was on the sofa uh the the previous flat i was living and i was staring at the ceiling (laughs) for like a a few hours in pain until this moment happened so i remember very clearly what i was
1: wow and it was just everything was different after that
0: yes definitely yes and um and and to be honest i didn't know anything about you know stuff like meditation or mindfulness this this stuff really i was the kind of person that would criticize all these <laughs> things about you know, know and they call it spirituality <laughs> right and so to me there was just a, an emotional right. uh, solace that people need to get to in order to ease the pain and so i was really really uh, criticizing all this stuff so i wasn't even touching it to me it was all stupid stuff
1: Okay, so we'll we'll say that that's your moment of awareness uh, yeah. on the couch there and staring at the ceiling. And on your website, you talk about you know we are awareness. Uh, un that that's the language that's on the website. We are awareness. Unpack that a little bit. Give us a short synopsis of what you mean by we are awareness.
0: Yes, exactly this. The moment you stop wanting to achieve anything and and you just are, mm-hmm. you discover that you are aware that you are aware. That uh-huh. there's nothing that you can do <clears throat> or you cannot do not to be aware because this is our intrinsic quality. I mean, that quality that makes us know that we exist. Mm-hmm. We are aware. Then, how we fill that up So let's say awareness, the way I picture it, is like a a transparent uh, Canva
1: Mm
0: -hmm. where you can paint. So the more scribbles you do on this Canva and the more this this transparency disappears, but it's not because it's not there. It's simply because it's covered by a lot of colors, scribbling and and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. The moment you wipe this all up, then transparency is still there. So, I, I, I that said, the parallel is all the scribbling is our thoughts and our, uh, our beliefs and what we think we should do and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But the moment we get rid of all of this, we see that we are this, this quality of knowing.
1: Hmm. Yeah, you, you used a, a term earlier in what you were just saying an intrinsic quality. And you yeah. you talk elsewhere about the importance of intuition and to yeah. to follow your heart. So and my question when I when I came across that and I I mean, I tend to agree with that statement, but what do we do? How do we decipher when um, I don't know if it, in Italy, if you know, the the um, the little cartoon description that we have common in America where there's a little angel on one shoulder and a little devil. On the other shoulder and they're both talking into your ear you know what do we how do we decipher when we have the little angel and the little devil which is my intuition which way should i go
0: uh i don't think it's a matter of deciding or or choosing i i think it's a matter of perceiving what is what it feels right Hmm. and go with it because the moment you start the decisioning process, then it's all this mental activity between the angel and the devil, as you said, right? <laughs> right? That that is all stuff that is in the mind because the mind wants to wants problems so that now, it can feel alive the mind, right? So the moment you transform a- anything that feels right into a problem, then the all the, the choices and the decisioning and everything. But I'm I'm not saying that somebody you know that we should become like completely, you know I'm going to jump out of an airplane just because it feels right and <laughs> and I don't have a parachute right? right because we we are we still are aware human being and we still have all our basic qualities that keep us safe that wants us to make the right thing so I think trust is important hmm. trust in. In the fact that we're not going to become crazy and mad all in one go just because we follow our heart, right? right. That's nothing to do with being emotional. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that you feel inside that is right.
1: I, I think that's an important distinction that it's not emotional. Um, in fact, maybe it's a bad idea to to allow yourself to be controlled by your emotions. It's really this intrinsic quality or this uh, um, intuition it it is a, it's still a rational thing, right? Or would you would you say that?
0: I think I think this is an interesting uh, a concept because most of the time, I'm not sure whether it's my perception. You tell me, Mark, what you think. But most of the time, people refer to being rational as being logic, mm-hmm. but there's nothing rational about being logic. Logic <laughs> is a dead loop. Ah, okay a lo- a logic is something that has a as a particular scheme, has a particular program to follow. Hmm. Rational is when you use your creativity with the human qualities that make us human beings, that is rational, so that you can see absolutely with clarity the feeling, the emotions, and everything that is part of the human condition hmm. without judging it. Without solving, wanting to solve it, right? But appreciating it. So rationality includes intuition, includes love. Otherwise, imagine imagine if we leave it to the, the artificial intelligence, right? That they are much more logic than we can be, right. In terms of you know, and sophisticated. And so, why don't we give it up to AI then?
1: <laughs> right. No, I see what you're saying. In fact, I think you're defining rational in a broader sense that it incorporates well intuition and and uh i don't want to call it just a hunch but i don't know sometimes you just well uh, to put it this way when i'm going back to the angel and the devil in truth inside we know what's right and we know what's wrong we know it's the right thing to do you know um
0: absolutely
1: in another place you uh and this is, is some of your Terminology here. You say that the magic comes from being comfortable with not knowing. Uh, that you're not expecting anything, then you're not disappointed. And in fact, then you're just living. That's very zen, by the way, whether you were trying for that or not. (laughs) Oh, here's my question uh for you based on that. Do you ever have a bad day? What do you what do you do? What do you do when you stub your toe on the kitchen table? I mean. Are you just living then, or?
0: <laughs> oh my God! Uh, yes, no, no. I have bad days, of course. Um, and uh, as a matter of fact, a couple of days ago, I had one. Um, the thing is, b- before, let's say the the turning point, it was b- most of the time bad days, and I will keep on thinking and ruminating about the bad days I had. Hmm. Because that had uh, didn't have to happen anymore. I had to be more clever, or I had to fight against that guy that had me upset and stuff like that. Right. Now it's a completely different. When I have a bad day, it, it it's a bad day. That's it. <laughs> it's finished. Right. Once once it's finished, it's finished. There is nothing that I keep on thinking about or trying to find the faults in anything or anybody. Nothing like that.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, give it. Give us examples in ways in which our beliefs are limiting. Uh, I mean, you you ask um, uh, on your website if these kind of statements resonate with us. Uh, oh, I feel stuck. Uh, I keep grinding without purpose. My life is a passionless routine. I don't know who I am anymore. I feel alone and so on. So help us find that passion. Where do we start? How can we begin to move toward clarity in our lives, for someone listening that uh, that maybe feels lost or confused, what's step one to living a life of clarity and awareness?
0: Okay, step one is not to think of anything that will give you, that will take you out of it. So rather than say, I want to feel excited because I don't feel excited anymore, just to give an example. Forget the idea of being excited. Mm-hmm. See why you're not. Because the thing is, when you remove all this scribbling on this transparency canva, which is a natural state of being joyful, of being, of feeling the love, of being present, you don't have to add. You don't have to go for happiness. You just need to see with clarity why or not.
1: <laughs>
0: because have- once you remove that, then what is your natural state of being will yeah. manifest itself. You don't have to impose it.
1: Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I talk a, some on the show about trying to or practicing eliminating your expectations, and I think that's kind of what you're talking about a little bit here. Is it? You know, if you're disappointed or depressed, well, usually that's because you had some expectation that things or people were supposed to be a certain way. And you're you're disappointed because it didn't turn out that way or that person's behaving in a way you didn't want or expect them to. And if we can eliminate judgment and eliminate expectations and just be, (laughs) it's in that state that we kind of find joy and contentment.
0: Yes, and and the thing I think perhaps it's not it's not a trick, but something that we really need to get more familiar with is that we don't have to try and eliminate, we don't have to practice anything because anything that is that that follows a volition, mm. it is the same mind that is screwed up, that is trying to fix itself, mm. and it will never do it. So it could give you some solace for a while mm-hmm. but then you will go back to where you were and you will go back and forth back and forth between you know depression and hap- and, and excitement depression and excitement. this is something that we need to move out mm-hmm. so the thing is that's why i'm saying there's nothing to do there and forget about what you want mm-hmm. just see why you're not there then The non-judgment is not something that you say, now I'm not going to judge. Because in that way, you're already implying, you're already
1: judging. Right, okay.
0: Right? So what what happens is that the moment you see with total clarity where all this comes from, it doesn't happen anymore. So it is not something that you want to do because it feels nice. Mm -hmm. It's something that you can, it doesn't come to you because it's just it, it, the, the, the whole illusion of the ego has collapsed. Mm. And so who's supposed to be judging right. if there isn't anyone there?
1: Well, let's let's talk about the book. Um it's yes. it's a wonderful story. It's told in vivid detail and I mean from the emotions involved to the the physical scenery that's described in the book. It's wonderful. Uh, my first question is actually, did you did you write the book? In, you know, I know Italian is your first language and English is your second language. Did you write it in Italian first and translate it into English or did you write it in English?
0: Italian first and then English. The, the, the only reason why English was published first is because I self-published the English version oh, while okay. the Italian version is being traditionally published and it took a longer, a longer it's... time
1: it's uh totally natural and well it's not it's not just natural it's eloquent english too did and i mean you do speak eloquently you obviously are completely fluent in english did you translate it yourself did you have an no. editor?
0: yeah okay. yeah there was there was a professional uh, mother tongue translator because i wanted to to be g- good not with my english
1: <laughs> yeah well i mean that's I, i've heard uh, you on other podcasts and I mean, your English is essentially flawless. Uh, there might be one little grammatical mistake or something here and there, which, I right. mean, I, I speak Japanese and I make them all the time. Um, but uh, so I, I th- this book was so perfectly written. It, it really is. Uh, uh Listeners you. should really check it out because it it is perfectly written. Anyway, it's the story of uh, Ostro. Is that how you pronounce his name? Yes. Okay. Okay um uh, he's named after a wind i guess that carries his his parents they're trying to escape libya and the wind carries them to sicily or to italy and uh so anyway uh he he later travels to the united states to discover his his mother's native american roots and uh he starts in arizona makes his way up to south dakota along the way he meets a guy named john who helps him find his true way in life i won't spoil any more my my questions are these how much of this book is autobiographical about your own life?
0: <laughs> very much.
1: <laughs> I can tell. But I mean
0: very very much.
1: <laughs> but I mean did you did you do all that stuff too? Yeah. Did you?
0: Yes, yes. Uh, mo- most most of the stuff uh, only what I didn't do was um, flying on the dragon. That's that's oh, the yeah. only thing that it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs>
1: So even the like so your mother um was half American, half Native American Indian?
0: No, that that is a that is a stretch of of truth in the sense that my the the father of my mother was oh, okay. born in, in Brazil and she told me that he was breastfed by an Indian American.
1: Ah, uh, I see. Okay. I was just and, curious about that stuff, yeah.
0: Yeah, but the thing is, I didn't know anything about that until when I was 22, something like this, 23. Mm -hmm. I wrote a song uh, that I was singing in English. And so my mother asked me, oh, that's a nice song. What are you talking about? And I was talking about, I had this vision that Mm -hmm. came out of from nothing, nowhere, of this Indian running on a red road in front of the sun, falling down and getting up again falling down and getting up again. And and so my mother said, oh, you know that we have Indian-American relatives. <laughs> and I said, where is this coming from? I never heard of it. I'm right. 22, 23, I never heard of it. Right. So my, my mother, after she heard that song, uh, she revealed that uh, my my grandfather was respected by an Indian-American. Ah, okay. And so, and, and, but I never heard that before. And what really struck me is that at that time is that I had a vision, very clear vision running on a red road and there is a lot of symbolic stuff. I mean, the red road is the spiritual way of the Indians mm. and and walking in front of the sun is I mean, the, the sun dance is one of the most important ritual for the Lakota nation. Right. And, and so that got me really a, a little bit shocked. So I started to investigate on my grandfather where it was coming from, who was is is you know the lady that breastfed him and, and all that stuff. So, so this is the, the link with the with the Native American, but mm. my mother isn't Native American.
1: Okay. Yeah, I was just curious when I was reading because I, I mean I, I did suspect that a lot of the book was autobiographical. And I just wondered like how much. Um so Dina, you know, what do you hope that people learn or discover or or gain? from reading this book?
0: One, one thing that feedback that I received uh, from a few people is that they felt liberated. Nice. And 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 that was the whole purpose. And so what I hope is that they discover that the, all the mass that we are in is self-inflicted mm. and that they discover that they can trust themselves. They they don't have to fear the unknown because it's all mind-made fear. Yeah. So when we move on, we trust. And uncertainty. That's the beautiful part of life because it's uncertain.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's a, <laughs> two of my favorite quotes from the book, I I put them aside. One was that, that hens are more authentically religious than we are because they they are all they can, they can be and they show no interest in believing that they have to be anything else. I think that's beautiful. It reminds me of an Alan Watts quote that uh, is about uh, the meaning of life, that people run around trying to discover something uh, or achieve something beyond themselves. But the meaning of life is just to be alive. It's so plain and so obvious, so simple. Um, yeah. And the other quote I had was uh we spend so much time thinking about things but so little living living it that in the end when we stop building castles in the sky we find that everything is already where it should be. I think that's wonderful. Uh are you writing Thank a sequel?
0: You. Well no no I'm not running a sequel actually I'm in the middle now of of a writer's struggle. I'm trying I'm <laughs> trying to see the direction of what I'm writing at the moment so I'm not so sure at the moment.
1: Okay, well um I will put a link in the show notes where people can buy the book. Um where else can they find you uh dinocorella.com?
0: Yes. dinocorella.com or my LinkedIn profile. Okay. And that I think it's about it.
1: Uh, okay. I'll put that in the show notes. Um well, Dino this is it's been a a great start uh, to the rest of my journey. Uh, it's been very insightful. And uh, for the folks listening, um, thanks for listening. Go buy The Way of the Wind by Dino Corella. Go do that first. And then after you do that, if you got three bucks left over, go to redcircle.com slash zen dash That's in the show notes, too. Click the link for sponsor this podcaster and uh, help out the show with a one-time donation. Any amounts appreciated, just a buck if, if you've got it. Uh, If not, uh, thanks for listening. And the show is always free. But I do rely on listener support. It keeps the show going and ad free. Thank you for that. Dino, thank you, my friend. I truly appreciate your time and expertise. Uh, It's been an honor and a pleasure.
0: Thank you so much. It's been my absolute pleasure. Thanks a lot.